0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before we begin with the message, I'd like to bring your attention to our new prayer list. And uh, we have a number of things that we've been talking about and some... um, that have been taken care of, but we uh, we look on our our list here. Um, Sarah, my daughter, Sarah Heat, is she's dealing with a number of things to do with the court and uh, things of that. Very difficult times to go through, um, and she's dealing with that, and it's very emotional. So be remembering her uh, as she. Um, continues through these things to try to resolve problems from long long ago that other people are responsible for. And then our friend um, Lori Jenkins is recovering from heart valve repair, and uh, we've Kathy used to work with her and and, and teaching and uh, my brothers and I know her from or my brothers do. I I didn't know her but. Um, from this area, uh, she's been a Christian lady for a long, long time, and Kathy's mom is also recovering from her surgery, uh, putting in a, a new valve, and um, she's doing fairly well, although she had a little reaction on one of her uh, sites where they had the, um, the uh, yeah, it was bleeding. Uh, uh, but she's doing well outside of that. Uh, Gail's also dealing with skin cancer and is asking for prayers for that and gets treated and and for her daughter, Jamie, too. And on it goes. Um, Peter, Sammy's little boy, has got some emotional issues he's trying to deal with and, and they're trying to help him. Um, and on it goes. So, Make sure you look this list over because there's lots of uh, uh, things on here that uh, are very, I mean, these things are current uh, all the way down. So, I think that's good that we're keeping uh, abreast of these things and remembering them. So, and... Let us know how things are going on this so we can update this list. So it would be a real help. All right. Um, our um, outline on the screen was from last the last two Sundays. I didn't get the new outline um, to uh, Alex, so it's not his fault. Um, but anyway, we're going to be looking, we're still looking at the ancient pattern of the faith. And all of those things are important. The ancient pattern um, is uh, important. And it's uh, it may be called ancient, but that doesn't mean it's not accurate. <laughs> it doesn't mean that that's not exactly what we should be doing. The ancient pattern of the faith, which is the faith once delivered unto the saints, as Jude says. In the first chapter, verses 12 through 30, we'll be looking at this morning. So the ancient pattern for the assemblies of Christ is not just how it used to be or just good nostalgia, but it is exactly how the Lord and his apostles demand that those that are in Christ must pattern themselves according to the faith. Now, we are happy and so pleased to have um, not only our congregation but those listening uh, online to this program. We want you to know that we are standing by that ancient pattern, that we are obedient to the ancient pattern um, in the essence of the words of Scripture. That doesn't mean that we can't do modern things to do the right thing. The right thing is always what we should do. The work of evangelism is always what we should do. Living a godly life is always what we should do. In any generation, none of those things will ever be violating violating the ancient pattern just because we're 2,000 years down the road from when the pattern was given once for all. It hasn't changed. It won't change. No matter, no matter what anyone says. How many books are written that it is changed, that we have to do it differently, or this or that. No, no. None of those things are valid. Someone might ask, and I have been asked this, how long will this pattern continue? Well, I think we ought to consider this. It's going to continue until the Lord Jesus Christ Himself tells us differently. And uh, if you're willing to, to wait that long, I think you'll be you'll be pleased with uh, uh, what you find out. Yeah, I like this scripture in Revelation 22, verses 18 and 19. Revelation 22. Many say that this pertains to just the reading of Revelation, but I think because of other scriptures in the, in the Bible, uh, I think when we're speaking about God's Word, this is pertaining to um, the Word of God in general. But we're, we're speaking here in Revelation concerning the things that were revealed and the importance of them, but... Think about this when we when we thinking about the ancient pattern, the things that God would have for the church. For I testify to everyone hearing the words of the prophecy of this scroll, if anyone may add unto these, God shall add to him the plagues that have been written in this scroll. And if anyone may take away from the words of the scroll of this prophecy, God shall take away his part, from the scroll of the life and out of the holy city and the, and the things that have been written in this scroll. You know, I just get the impression, maybe it's just me, but I don't think so. I get the impression that um, when God has written something, these things are not to be altered by men. God keeps his promises, all of them, both reward and punish, punishment. God keeps his promises. We need to keep ours to each other and especially to God. You know, Philippians one twenty-seven says this that we'll be reading today. Let your conduct be as becometh the gospel of the messiah that's our conduct is it becoming to the gospel to the name of of christ and the pattern well it should be we as christians do not choose what brand or stripe using the old terminology of of christianity that we want to be There's only one one church, friends. There's only one Lord. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. Remind yourself of these words uh, when you think of the ancient pattern. The Apostle Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, Call upon you then, do I, the prisoners of the Lord, to walk worthily of the calling with which you were called. "...with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, being diligent to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of the peace, one body and one Spirit, according as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in you all. I think last week I mentioned the phrase uh, that people use, what church is right? Um, that's, That's a question. And you know, a lot of folks think that's a silly question to ask. Uh, that's not worthy of an answer, but it is worthy of an answer. What church is right? Take take folks to this passage. You know, we all know what one means. Is there a difference between one dollar and many dollars? Of course there is. Uh, or one dollar and ten dollars or what? You know, the one is, is telling us exactly what it is. The faith once delivered is not to be altered by men. Time won't alter it. Circumstances won't alter it. Um, location won't alter it. There's nothing that alters the ancient pattern. And as soon as that's who we are, we got that in us, we're not going to be led astray by, you know, those those winds of... of uh, of opinion and and time that people fall into and are moved around and pushed around by that. So this oneness that we find in Ephesians 4, this must be our stand of faith in Coolidge, Arizona. This must be where we're at, not only in Coolidge, but everywhere else. It's just as simple as that. So let's look at um, what what the Apostle Paul uh, wrote to the church in Philippi. Uh, just the last few verses here, verse 12 through 19. <coughs> Excuse me. And he says this in verse 12, And I wish you to know, brethren, that the things concerning me rather to an advancement of the good news, have come. So that my bonds have been have become manifested in Christ in the whole praetorium and to the other places all. And the greater part of the brethren in the Lord, having confidence of my bonds, are more abundantly bold. Fearless to speak the word. Then he says this Certain indeed, even through envy and contention, and certain also through goodwill, do preach the Christ. The one indeed of rivalry, the Christ do proclaim, not purely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds. And the other out of love, having known that for the the defense of the good news I am set. What then? If, If in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice, yea, and shall rejoice. For I have known that this shall fall out to me for salvation through your supplication and the supply of the Spirit of Christ Jesus. You know, in verse 12, I think the the important thing to the apostle uh, is this, that the advancement of the gospel message, the movement of it The hearing of it, the telling of it, and the scope of it was going out, even to the to the to the Roman guard that was that was there. Remember, Paul was in a a place, but he was being guarded. He was able to. He had a captive audience there with the Roman soldiers. They they couldn't even leave him. (laughs) He was preaching them the the gospel, and had great effect. Just think how that experience alone in what Paul did in Rome at that time. Think how that changed the circumstances in Rome. Um, years ago, I, I was uh, someone was telling me of, of the fact that uh, one, one person they'd been talking to had become a Christian. And then years later, a large group of people, something like 20 or 30 people, from that one person within their family and and their friends had also become Christians just from the actions of that one person. Think about that. See, that's the reality of things. Um, I think that's a wonderful thought. So the important thing was the advancement of the gospel to the apostles. Now, is that what's important to us as a congregation? It's a lot more important than anything else. Uh, Do we have, you know, when you have a a property or you have this or you have that as as a group, a congregation, yeah, you have some physical responsibilities you need to take care of. But the important things, the important things are this, the advancement of the gospel message, the the love that the congregation has for each other, the love they have for those that know not Christ. Those are the important things. So what's the answer to that? Well, it should be yes. These are the important things to us. And it needs to always be that. Don't put it in. Don't let anything get in front of it. Uh, personally, for yourself, in the things you do for the Lord, and and support those that are doing the same thing uh, within the group. So, you know, let let me tell you something. Um, no one will have more influence on your neighbors or your friends than you. And I'm going to tell you something else. A lot of folks in this world, when they say, when they see a preacher from a church coming their way, the first thing they think of is, I'm afraid he's going after my billfold. <laughs> now, that's, that's wrong, okay, but still isn't it the thought? I've had people tell me that for years. It never would have occurred to me. Uh, but nonetheless um, this is why there many times they're not that effective in that in that way you're going to have more influence in your family and friends than the preacher unless he's brought into a situation that it becomes a teaching moment and, and there's a real opportunity apart from the financial side of things finances, Financial things are always and have always been the part of God's work. Always. Remember, you know, the treasury in Jerusalem was there at the temple. Okay? Don't try to, you can, you separate it, you need to separate these things in your own life, but don't think that finances aren't part of God's work, because they are. They're negative Many times finances are more negative on a personal level than they certainly are on the, the work of the Lord. So don't let personal finances, the finances of the world, turn turn you sour against the finances of the Lord's work. They're not the same thing. And it's a gift from God that we can participate in his work, he allows us that ability, and we should take advantage of it. But never forget the important the important things, because the apostles never did forget it. Now, this is an unusual passage because Paul's talking about his his ability to preach to those that. He would never have an opportunity to preach to unless he had been put in, in a home and guarded by soldiers because he was a prisoner that went from Palestine to Rome. He would have never had the opportunity. But you see, this is all part of God's work. And he's saying that because of his chains, because of his imprisonment, There's others that have become bold in their teaching of God's Word. They become fearless to speak the Word out because of Paul's situation where he was in prison yet still had opportunity to speak. And not only that, regardless of their motivation, see, there was some motivation here that wasn't all that friendly. There were some that uh, were envious of the Apostle. You know, we don't talk about it much, but, you know, the Apostles had to deal with others that would travel around and say, well, I'm an Apostle, too. I'm I'm the Apostle, too. You need to listen to me also. Well, many times they did listen to them, but, friends, we know the, the Apostles we have apostles today. I want to, I don't know if you could even number them, but we have many people that claim they're an apostle of Christ even today. Well, they're not. Of course not. The qualifications to be an apostle of Christ are found in the book of Acts in the first chapter. There are physical, uh, physical restrictions, spiritual uh, situations, there's no one that's alive today that can be an apostle of Christ. Um, and even in the days of Jesus, only a certain number of people fit the qualifications of being with Jesus from his baptism to his ascension. Okay? Certainly no one today fits in that. But this word, this thing of envy... There were those that were envious of the apostles and they did things out of contention. But also there were those that were doing things through goodwill and and the love preaching preaching the uh, scriptures proclaiming Christ. Now I have a lot of problems with people of this this generation and those others that I know of that are out there doing a wonderful job of evangelizing, but not continuing on with with the whole gospel, the whole oracle of, of God. Um, in some way, shortcutting it. Uh, there's many many examples. You know, if you've ever listened to some of the preaching you've heard on television or something. The, the the preaching is excellent to get people to believe that Jesus of Nazareth is the Christ, is the Messiah that God sent. They do a wonderful job of that, but unfortunately they drop it there. Now at that point, you have a motivation. Now what? Now what? That's where we're at. So that that was my argument in my complaint when I was in the service, that they handed out these little Bibles that had, I think, the the Gospel of John and and um, Psalms. And I thought, well, uh, you know, I would like to include it a little bit more. Now I understand the the idea. Um, before it's over, they would have to give them the whole Bible. Well, maybe they should have. I had a little Bible my folks gave me when I went into service. It wasn't as big as the one that um, that was handed out, the little paperback thing, but it was also pretty fine print. Uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, usually people are have pretty good eyes when they're young, so I was able to read it. But why not just give them the whole Bible? So but that's the kind of things we run into. The motivation behind it, you know, there's good motivation behind a lot of these things. Now sometimes brethren, and I include myself in this, we can we seem to only be able to speak of the flaws of those that who have stopped short of the faith. I wish that we wouldn't do this, but I and you, well, we know better. We know that a person needs to know the full counsel of God. They, they need to know about the faith and all the points, the terms of pardon, those things necessary for salvation. And it starts with believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, yes. But it also we need to know who Jesus is. Why is he our Savior? There's a lot of work to do for people to have a full understanding and a real solid belief. And that work is just as important as the motivation to, to, to uh, the emotional preaching of those that that convince people that Jesus of Nazareth is the Savior. And that's good, but we need to continue with doing Um, all that is necessary. And how can we pass this on to people? That's the work of of the congregation. We need to do that. We need to not um, just give up on this. The question is, can we rejoice in Christ being proclaimed even if not perfectly done? I think we we must. But, But pray and try to pick up the loose ends where they're needed and where they need to be picked up. You know, God has left this work to his people, to the congregations, to the assemblies of Christ, wherever they are, to those that are out and about. God's left this in our hands to do it. He's not sending uh, special envoys to um, you know, convince somebody of it in, when they're taking a shower or whatever. We hear all the different stories. That's not how it happens. It happens because of our conversation, our communication. We need to remember that. You know, I speak of the restoration, um, and I've always been a real student of the restoration, um, the restoration movement here in America. But that's just in America. You know, this isn't Christianity; isn't an, an, an American religion. No, of course not. This restoration if we really know and understand what restoration means, it's restoring the faith and the truth, the faith and the truth, back to the churches, back to the assemblies. Because, friends, we drift away. We lose touch with, with the core. We lose touch with all of the oracle of God. And we can't do that, but it happens. Restoration is those that are taking that, that whole truth and taking it back to the people and bringing them together under that banner once again. That's what the restoration... We've had wonderful workers of restoration in this country that I've studied, uh, all of those men that, that I've, I've been able to find. I appreciate them. There were wonderful brothers right in the same state that... I lived in and grew up in an Iowa that uh, I thought the world of their work. Were they perfect men? Of course they weren't. They had issues, and one of the things that happened, uh, that there were so many things that derailed the, the real thrust of restoration in nearly every place you look. And it's some of these side issues. When the conversation would turn to the length of someone's hair, uh, the clothes they got on, this, that, and another thing, whenever the subject got there, everything else of importance stopped. And that's all we talked about. Some ladies got a pair of slacks on. Oh, my. What does the church come to? You know, and on it goes. You know, we can't find any scripture for this, but, and I've always taught myself when it comes to modesty of the ladies, the older women of the church are supposed to be teaching the younger women modesty, not only modesty. But the fact that they need to love their husbands, take care of their children, that's what how the church functions. It's in the Bible, friends. It's in there. I'm not going to be going to people I don't even know, but I don't particularly care for the clothes they have on. No, no, I'm not going to do that. Because my message is false, flat on its face if that's what I'm interested in. I expect the older women, the older Christian women, to make sure that that is taken care of within their own sphere of influence. You know, when they go out of their sphere of influence, sparks may fly a little too. We don't need sparks. What we need is real understanding. Now, that's the the restoration movement. Let me get back to it. You see how you get derailed? Um, restoring the truth. That's what's important. Uh, and, and that's what I want this congregation to stand for. Where the truth is, the truth of God's word, that's what we should be involved in. When, when we talk about a subject, let's make sure that we have uh, God's word to back us up. Not, not circular reasoning, not things out of context. But always in context, always accurate, always solid in the language, in the language, grammar, and, and, and purpose. We need to always make sure those things are part of our argument. When we fall down on these things, friends, the, the people out, outside are very intelligent. And they will not allow our suppositions. To become a real focal point in their life, they want evidence, and the Scripture grants uh, grants us the evidence. And the evidence we have causes us, as people, God knows what motivates us. That's what John, I think it's chapter six, verse forty-four says, um, that no one uh, no one comes to uh, uh, Christ, or no one comes to the understanding unless God draws him. That doesn't mean God drags him. That means there's a, a mental and spiritual um, desire to know the truth of God. So when that's where we're at, people are drawn to that. It's, it's our nature. Not everyone, but most people are. So I'm out of time today, and I'll finish up this uh chapter uh, because I have a short a short uh, to go here uh, next week but I want you to re- think what remember what I'm saying I'm talking about how this congregation needs to be a real blessing with the gospel message to those around us and our efforts need to be pointed that way and I pray that that is what we're doing. And that's what we're going to continue to do. And not only today, but how about those that come after us? Um, You know, the old folks in this church, uh, the ones I knew long ago, they're gone. The ones that did training and teaching and writing of books and things, they're, they're gone. They're gone from us. So now others are working. But, you know, a lot of them made sure that other people were going to be doing the things that they were doing when they were gone. We need to think about that just as much as we think about anything else and continue in it. And I know you do. And I know many of the folks that are listening to this program and other places, this is something that's important to them. They spend a lot of time in documenting these studies and the things that we're doing here and the things that they are doing there, that they continue on. It's been done over and over again and that's why we do this. uh, That the same good work can be used again by other people through other people. And that the scripture will be continued in a way that is that is done truthfully and in earnest. So those would be my words today. Um, and thank you for your attention. We are going to be... With the Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.